The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. So the story goes that there was a woman in Bnei Brak who gave birth to a premature baby whose birth weight was 500 grams. Very, very, I don't know if it was in the sixth month or the beginning of the seventh, I'm not sure. But it was tiny, it was very, very scary. And the doctor said, they predicted that this child is not going to last even one day. But he stubbornly clung on to life. And he was enclosed in an incubator and attached to monitors and feeding tubes and many other machines. Just an unbelievable thing. And there was barely an hour that he wasn't facing a life-threatening crisis. Yet the parents' tears and the prayers bore fruit. And despite the grim prognosis that the doctors gave, he continued to survive. Okay, For a full year, he ended up staying in the NICU. And the mother um, you know, took up residence right next to him, a very dedicated mother. And um, the kids, after one year of being over there, they told him that the baby could go home. Obviously, it was like an unbelievable amount of joy for the family. But obviously, it wasn't over. Like it's not, it doesn't it doesn't end over there. When when a child is born, I don't know, maybe in the sixth month or something. I don't know how these things work. But when it happens like that, it's not just like okay, one year. That it's always going to be stuff. And they went home, and they had to have all the machines brought there, and doctors had to come every day. But when the baby smiled and when the baby laughed, it was like an unbelievable thing for the family. And the children, all the siblings used to fight, like who's going to get him dressed today and who's going to play with him a little bit here and there and with the tubes and with the this and the that. And they were davening and the tehillim and all the different things that people do. Anyways, two years after the child's struggles and the parents' dedication and effort, the mother was holding the child and unfortunately, the... um the uh, the day arrived, the dreaded day arrived that the baby died. Took his last breath while it was enclosed in the mother's arms and the embrace and the love and they were broken. The family was devastated, was broken, indescribable. They sat Shiva and the mother, you know, this is something that happens a lot in life, was plagued by these destructive thoughts. Was was this my fault? Could I, maybe I could have gotten a different doctor Maybe I didn't daven hard enough. Maybe I should have done that. If I would have done that, maybe maybe it's my fault. Maybe he would have survived. And anyways, Rebetzin Kanievsky came to console her. And she said that we don't know Hashem's calculations. There are just way too many. And it's too deep and it's too much. It's just too much. But what it does seem is that your son's neshama, your son's soul, was very holy and pure and needed only a very short time on this world of physical suffering in order to reach its completion. And the fact that you, the mother, cared so devotedly and gave so much is going to be a huge siyata uh, deshmaya for you and a huge blessing for you. And, you know, she said that, like, when Hashem has a diamond that He wants to give somebody, right? He has a diamond or something. And it's a very expensive diamond. And you have to watch it for, like, two years. So he's very nervous. Like, who am I going to I have to find the perfect person to watch it for two years and take care of it and, and you take it and you take care of it and you watch it and you watch it and now Hashem said I want my diamond back thank you so much for, for being the most amazing you know caretaker etc but we have to realize that we don't understand we don't understand all the different connections but what we do know what we do know is that there's a reason for everything and then Rebetzin Kanievsky said the following story she said listen very carefully because this will give you comfort she said there was once a woman, story in a story, a story in a story. She said there was once a woman who her husband died young. 
And their relationship was unbelievable. Their love was tremendous. It was just an awesome everything. And this husband, this man, was her everything. There are some couples that, yeah, it's good. It's okay. He's not my everything. There are some people who, it's the everything. My husband is everything. Everything to me. And she, could, she simply could not, uh, after he passed away, she couldn't get back to normal life. It just wasn't working. She tried so hard, but she couldn't. She could not uh, face the fact that she would uh, have to face the world alone. And he wasn't there anymore. And her son begged her, Mother, you have to get back to normal life. Your mourning, your pain is causing anguish to the neshama. Because it's a time that you have to move on. It can't be that forever you're just in that same as, as the first day that he died. Can't do it. And he said that our Chachamim teach that we have 12 months. There's a year that we sit there and we cry and 100% it's supposed to be that way. You're supposed to feel that pain. And you're supposed to cry. And you're supposed to sit Shiva. And there's supposed to be Shlesham 100% because you have to, we're normal, we're humans. And it's not that it ever goes away. We always remember. We always talk about it 100%. But this, this morning that you're doing, mother, has to change. Because it's just causing a lot of pain. Anyways, she finally accepted her son's words. And she resolved that she's going to try to forget her sorrow and resume to normal life. That night, she had a dream. This is old Rebbe Zankanievsky telling this mother who lost the child. That night, she had a dream, and an old man appeared to her in a dream, and she said, Would you like to see your husband? And he said, Would you like to see your husband? She's like, What? Yes, I would love to see my husband. So she, he said, Come with me. And through or- orchards, and through vineyards, and through mountains, and through plains, traveling and traveling, and she smelt the smell of Ganeidan. Anyways, finally, she sees her husband. And to her surprise, she sees him standing and lecturing, giving a shir in Torah and very deep thoughts, brilliant insights to thousands of Talmidim. And she's like, what? Like, no, no, this is not my husband, but it's my husband. But no, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Like, it didn't make any sense to her. Anyways, after the shir, the husband turned his attention to her, this is all in the dream, and said, oh, how are you? <laughs> how was your day? How was your night? She said, I don't understand. You you were just lecturing thousands of Talmidim in the deepest, deepest parts of the Torah. You were like a very simple guy. When you, I mean, an awesome husband. I loved you and everything. But you, you, you struggled with Davyemi. What's going on here? So the husband said, my time with you was not my first time that my soul was on earth. It was not the first time. I had actually been here once before. And when I was here, I was an outstanding Talmud Chacham. I was a huge person. It was, I don't know, hundreds of years ago, whatever it was. But when I died, I was not allowed to go into Ganeidin because I never had children. And um, therefore, I wasn't able to get my full reward that I was supposed to get because I wasn't able to fulfill the mitzvah that I was supposed to. And therefore, my enti- the entire purpose of me coming the second time was to have children. And therefore, after I had children, and I guess they were a certain age, they took me back because that's it. Now it was time to reap my reward for what I really got in my first life. This is what he told the wife. He said, you thought that this is my first time ever. I'm the first time I have. This is what I am. This is the story. I see everything. We, we cl- no sheiches. I had a whole life before that with my neshama. And, uh, and therefore, now it was time for me to come here. Two years ago, was, that's the time of that. Now I'm reaping my reward. And it's just the most amazing thing. And she was blown away. And then she said, can I have permission to ask some other questions that are bothering me? So she got permission, yeah? Her permission was granted. And she said, why is it that our oldest son used to be successful in business and all of a sudden, now he lost everything? And now he's struggling. What's going on? What changed? 
Like we tried, we thought it was this, and we thought that person stole this person. So the husband said, I'll tell you. Our son used to have a partner, and they got into a shtickle or whatever a few years ago, and they went to Bezdin, and our son was right. They said he was right. But the problem is, the way it was done was not so smooth, was not so gishmak, and um, it caused a tremendous amount of pain to the partner. And because of that partner, there was a big zera. But they, de- they decreed that because of A, B, C, and D, they're going to make him struggle five years financially, just five years, and with those five years of financial, that will pay back for the whatever. The, 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 and therefore, you will see in two years' time, it's going to go right back to the way it was before. Then she said, okay, why is it that our second son didn't find the shidduch yet? He said, oh, excellent question. He said, the, the person that's going to help him fulfill his potential and be the wife, the perfect wife for him, is not ready yet. She's not in shidduch for another two years. So, although it is hard now, there are other options, but that's not going to really bring him to the place that it has to bring him to. But in two years, you will see that he will find that person. And then she said, why is it that our precious three-year-old child was killed, was murdered in the pogrom? That caused me so much pain and so much heartache. Why would Hashem allow an innocent child to be murdered? And he was one of the few that was murdered. What's the pshat on that? So the husband said, come with me. I'm going to show them to you. So, again, they passed through beautiful gardens and orchards, etc., until she saw a grown man, Nachamal, standing and giving, you know, a divrei or divrei insights before a crowd of students. And when he completed the lecture, he walked over to her and said, Hello, mother. How are you? She said, What? How are you an adult? Like, what? You, you died as a three-year-old child. So he said the same thing. My life as your child was not the first time I came to earth. I lived once before, and shortly after I was born, there was a mob that attacked the village where my parents lived and murdered everybody. I was the only one who survived, and a non-Jewish woman who lived nearby brought me into her home and raised me. Three years later, she decided that she was wrong to take me away from the Jewish people, so she brought me to a nearby village to the rabbi. And said, like, this kid is really a Jew, and for the past three years, we were raising him as a regular Gentile, a guy, so I want to bring him back. And from then on, I was raised as a Jew, and eventually I grew up to be a big Talmud Chacham. When I died, I was not able to reap my full reward. Why? Because the first three years of my life, I lived as a non-Jew. Therefore, it was decreed that I go back, spend only three years in the embrace of a Jewish family, to make up for the three years during which I had been alienated from my people. And then, when I was three years old, it was time to go back. When my time came to return, there was a terrible decree against the Jewish people. And there was something that was supposed to happen very bad. And then they said, they decreed that if there's a pure soul that we could take in the place of everyone else, that will stop the decree. And Hashem allowed my pure soul, whose time to pass it was time to, for me to pass anyways. It was decided that I'm going to be the one who's going to be killed in this pogrom. And therefore, every, everybody else is going to be saved. And you, my dear mother, will be richly rewarded for the loving care that you lavished upon me and for the pain that my passing caused you. Like the Gemara says, if a person puts their shirt on inside out or pulls out the wrong coin from their pocket, that already knocks out you know, Gehenim and Yisurim. Every little thing in life that's painful, everything that goes wrong in your life, 
That's something that brings you great, great reward. After this, the woman's husband said to her, Now, my wife, it's time for you to return to earth. Do not continue to mourn me. Because as you have, as you have seen, my soul is at peace over here. This, this is the whole goal, the whole purpose. A new husband is going to be suggested to you, and you should remarry. And you should enjoy the rest of your life in peace and happiness. This is the story that Rebetzin Kanievsky told this mother who lost this child. Most of us are never zeichet to have the answers to our questions. Because then a little bit it takes away the Bechira. Like, oh, so I understand everything exactly why Hashem does this. Exactly. So it's so hard to follow Hashem. It's so hard to believe. So we're not always zeichet. But sometimes we all know the famous stories. Sometimes we are zeichet to know. And we see that there is, they were here before. Oh, I didn't even cheshbin that in. They were on earth in a different, 500 years ago. This was one of the Balaitaisas. This was this, this was that. So many stories that we end up like, oh, okay, it makes sense. Again, it doesn't take away from the pain. And we're still supposed to cry. But what we have to realize is that we don't know anything. Well, when I say that, obviously you know how to cook and you know how, for sure. What I mean is, we don't know anything of a Kaddish Baruch Hu's master plan. So we can't be angry at somebody, at somebody, but we can't even be angry at somebody who we don't even know why he's doing the surgery. Allah has come of a come of the king of all kings, the CEO of the world, our father in heaven who loves us, who sees trillions and trillions of chishbainas and how everything is connected. We can't be angry. We can't question. How do we question? We could be in pain. I have to keep chazing this. I don't want to get like, oh, of course, of course, of course. The natural way of a human being, we have to do the Shabbos to take care of ourselves and to be comforted, etc. A hundred percent. But we need to also trust in Hakadosh Baruch Hu. We need to realize that Hashem knows what He's doing, and He's doing it for our benefit. That's what a mitav is. That's what a God is. Hashem does everything for our benefit. Everything that Hashem does is for the best, even though sometimes it doesn't seem good. Sometimes it's painful. You ever get a cavity filled? It hurts. It hurts. There's no question it's painful. People hate the dentist. But it's good for you. And it's the best thing. And it's because they love you. Not that the dentist loves you. <laughs> it could be they do too. Because you pay them. But because your mother loves you, so she's sending you to the dentist. You understand? A lot of times in life, pain is not a stira to love. At all. Because the loves us. And we have to trust in Hashem. We have to always remember these words. The ways of HaKadosh Baruch Hu are so deep and they are so profound and so hidden and so elevated that it's impossible for us to know. But the one thing we need to know is that Hashem loves us more than anything. Loves us more than we love ourselves and is doing everything for our benefit and for our purpose. So may we all be zeicha to trust in Hashem. And it doesn't come easy. We have to learn through the Sefer Chavis Avavis. And we have to learn this Sefer and Amunah. It's not like, okay, how do I get Amunah? How do I trust HaKadosh Baruch What do I, do I, I want to... It takes a lot of work. But we got to do that work. Because when you trust in Hashem, your entire life will change. Everything that you go through will change. doesn't mean it's easy. But it means it's easier. Because you know who's behind it. When somebody slaps you on the back and you don't know who it is, it's a lot more painful than it's your best friend. And you ask him, like, what do you do? You just could have been like, Shalom Aleichem. But the point is, if you know who's patching you, it makes everything easier. May we all be zeicha, to be uplifted, to have the clarity of that we are part of a nation that HaKadosh Baruch Hu loves. And to be able to step up to the plate and do what is right.
when we are supposed to do it. Rabbi, say have a wonderful week. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you. Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend. Stories to inspire dot org.